Hello and welcome to Romance at a Glance. This is your host, Shani. I'm here with my co-host, Bridget. How are you doing today, Bridget? I am doing so good. I'm so excited to talk about this book. I'm so happy to see your face this week, Bridget. And I'm so excited to see what you thought of this book, The Duke and I. We are talking... Julia Quinn historicals today. Shawnee, this is not only my first Julia Quinn book. Uh, this is episode two of the podcast, uh, season four historicals. So this might be, this is less than my 10th historical of all time, I think. So, oh, wow. I'm very um, excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's just get it. I got thoughts. Let's just get it popping. Let's get it popping, Bridge. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What'd you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. So, Shani, book one, Bridgerton series. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that there's eight siblings. They all get their own book. That feels very fun to me. And also, I like that it's going to be a Netflix series, and then everyone can hop on Patreon, and you can watch the series with us in real time as we watch it for the first time over the internet on video. It will be super, super fun. So hop over to romanceataglance.com. Uh, and find that, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about The Duke and I by Julia Quinn, but first tell the people what was the audiobook like? Ooh, okay. So I love the audiobook. Um, Rosalind Landor, I think she's phenomenal. I always say, like, I just need a narrator who doesn't take anything away from the story, but she really adds to the story. I mean, she gives it that extra something and brings it alive. So I recommend the audiobook if you like audio um, for this. Um, but yeah, she was like an old friend. When I was listening to her, I remembered her voice from before. And I was like, oh, hello there, dear friend. Please come into my ear, my earbuds. <laughs> so I know you said that you've read this book before. Um, and I just looked it up and it has been out for 20 years. So Happy 20th anniversary, Julie Woo-hoo. Quinn. Um, oh, my gosh. Is that how long it takes shit. for a, a book to get turned into a, a series? Dear God. <laughs> no. Well, sometimes it takes like five minutes depending on how popular it is and how fast they can turn around production and buy it and whatnot. That's but true. sometimes sometimes <clears throat> it takes 100 years. Sometimes it takes a long time, Johnny. Did you read it originally and then you've now listened to it twice? Or did you listen to it the first time also? I own the books. I actually read the books a long time ago. And then I listened to it on audio in um, my my audiobook app tells me it was in 2016 when I listened to this the last oh. time. Uh, so, yeah. And honestly, it, when that many years goes by between books, you forget what happened. I forgot. What happened in this book? I forgot everything. I remember like the good vibes and maybe like the general sort of like who married whom. But yeah, everything else I'm like, oh, I forgot that detail. Oh, I did like that side character. Oh, how fun. <laughs> Quips. I didn't remember any of that. I just remembered that. I remember the Bridgertons. I remember the good feeling and the good vibe or whatever. But that was it. Like it made me smile when I thought of reading it again. But I didn't remember like Daphne's story specifically at all. So it was all kind of new to me as it was happening. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So let's talk about the cover art because I know that we both had different cover art. What was the cover art that you had on your Kindle version or on your audiobook version? So the audiobook version had 
like the ducal estates it looked it looked like like the gardens like hedges and stuff like that very classy um i liked it it was a pretty cover i i mean i tend to enjoy when there's people on the cover of books but i didn't think it took away from it and this is probably like the fourth or fifth iteration of a title at this point people already love the book so they'll buy it no matter if there's people or not on it so mm-hmm so I had the, I think it might be a newer cover. I'm not quite sure, but um, cover that has sort of floral in the background and it has like a white gloved hand holding what looks like an invitation card. Oh yeah. Um, with the, with the title on it. And I got, you know, I got the historical vibe. I thought it was cute. Uh, I don't know that I would have picked it off a shelf, but then again, I never pick up historicals off a shelf. So I'm not sure that that's like a helpful thing to tell people, but I thought it was pretty. Yeah. You know? The colors are nice. The title popped. I was I'm fun. used to those kind of covers on historicals too. Like quite a few of them don't have people on them, especially like Regency, which this is. So let's talk a little bit about the Duke and I. Do you want to give the people a rundown of what it's about or should I? You're better at it. In? You do. <laughs> so the book is about Daphne Bridgerton. Uh, first lady daughter of the Bridgertons, uh, but third child, two older brothers. No, fourth. Fourth, fourth child, yeah. three older brothers, because Colin is older than her, too. And basically, she's she views herself as the girl who's, like, friends with everyone. All the, the people love her. All the guys love her. <coughs> but none of them view her as, like, a potential wife or a potential partner in life, mother of their children, object to be desired and her oldest brother anthony's teenage years friend simon bassett who's a duke comes back into town and he wants nothing more than to avoid the town and not talk to anyone and basically they have a really funny meet cute and they form like a little bit of a friendship and a repartee and they decide to have a fake relationship because it will keep all of the sort of pestering mothers away from him if they think he's interested in her. And it will help raise her in the estimation of the guys because there's nothing that the ton men like more than a desired lady. And he's the most desirable man. So if she's desired by him, then she must be desirable. It's sort of like what unfolds from there. And I... I think fake relationships are such a fun trope. I was so for it. I When they were like, oh, we're going to just pretend to date. I was like, yes. Because then you guys can be best friends behind the scenes and flirting all the time. And you have like your own little secret together. And that's so fun. And like, I thought I thought the beginning of this book was very strong. Um, I loved the way that they met in the hallway. She had a suitor. Um, who she had refused marriage to a couple times. And he like chased her into the hall drunk. And she was like, leave me alone. And he went back because he was like a little worried she might need defending. And then she punches this guy in the face so hard he falls down. She like knocks him out. (laughs) Yeah, she like knocks his ass out. And then they have this whole like thing. And he's like, kind of like, you know, giving her the Duke talk. The low, like, mm, girl, I'm going to give it to you. And then she, like, laughs hysterically in his face. And she's like, no, 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 you're so handsome. And you did such a good job doing that. But it's not going to work on me. And he's like, what? And then the guy comes back and, like, pushes her. And so the Duke just knocks him out cold. And it turns out that he realizes that she is the little sister of his friend. And little sisters, of course, are just off limits. Yeah. But I thought I I like the way they met. I like I got I got the whole vibe. The family, the big family, the him being a loner, 
him, you know, I, I thought it was very well set up. I was on board. I did too. On board from the I, jump. Well, I think we both have talked about this before. Whenever there's a bunch of siblings and it has that energy, it just makes the book more fun. Every It makes I agree. for a lot of comedy. It makes for a lot of banter. It makes, like, siblings always have really cool banter between them. So I I thought it was really great, her relationship um, with her brothers, especially Colin, because she was, like, really close to Colin. Um, and that happens. I have a big family. That happens. Like, I have a little brother. Him and I are just very close. Um, and so I love that whole vibe. I love that she, you know, he thinks he's going to rescue her. And then she clocks Nigel first <laughs> in yeah. that process, which I thought was hilarious. And that um, the scene where, she, where he's trying to, like, do the ducal smolder. I actually, that's like my quote uh-huh. here um, when she tells him, like, Oh, you looked quite dangerous and very handsome, of course. That was your intention, was it not? Of course it was. And I would be remiss if I did not tell you that you would have been successful with any other woman besides me. Like, and I was like, that's such a great... Uh, uh, yeah. Such a great I was so on board for her. I was like, all right, Daphne's a G. She's a G. I'm she's like, like, she's like, you're so cute. Oh, that, that was so cute. Do it again. Grr. Yeah. Yeah. Smolder at me. Give me that smolder. Oh, look at you, little smolder. Um... The other character that I loved at the beginning was the mom. So in that same ballroom scene, the boys are like trying to avoid their mom because they're she's going to be like introducing them to all the eligible ladies in the room. And at one point she's standing with Anthony and Anthony's like trying to get away. And so the mom's like prattling on and finally he's like, oh, I see someone. I have to go. And he walks away and she's like, oh, that he'd never leave me alone. I always know they'll leave me if I just prattle on. <laughs> And I just loved her. Like, she was so, like, the whole book, she was constantly, like, dressing them down. And and I, I one thing I actually feel like, having read this book, that I feel like more people should still do is not necessarily, like, arranged marriages, but I do think sometimes people need a little bit of a shove or a little bit of help. And it's not very helpful to have your friends helping you find someone to marry or date because they typically know most of the same people you do. And while obviously I'm sure the Regency period had a ton of problems, um, I do feel like this situation where everyone gets together with their families in a social setting where you can meet people of the similar ages to you and like test it out. Let's dance. Let's have a little punch. Let's chit chat outside on the balcony with our little chaperone. Make sure no one gets in trouble. I feel like that would be so helpful to meeting people of, uh, you know, marriageable age and a marriageable mindset, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it would be great. I think so, too. I mean, I guess it's the, it's the like, old school equivalent of a dating app. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but dating apps don't have your family no, involved. But, so you're just looking with your lizard brain. You're like, would fuck, would fuck, would fuck, would fuck, would fuck. That sounds like a song. <laughs> not saying, Why does that sound like a song? Yeah. Would fuck, would fuck, would cook, would, would, would cook, would cook, would cook, would cook, would cook, would cook, I would bang that motherfucker. I would bang him all night long. <laughs> yeah. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it and quit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it and quit it. Take him to Pound Town. Take him to Pound Town. Take him to Pound Town. But for real, but no, like, it's, could you has, imagine? You're not on wait. there. You're not on there thinking like, do I want to have breakfast with this man for the next 
40 years of my yeah. life. Do I want to take this lady out to coffee in 35 years? Well, what if they no, had like a like, dating app where you're like- saying you like, do int- I want that man to lick me top to bottom right this What second? if, okay, so if yes, there was a, a dating app where literally you sign up for it, but you don't get to swipe anybody, only your friends and family get to swipe for you, like, <laughs> like that shit would be crazy. I feel like that would be, t- I think that would be awesome, but also I feel like that would be tough because there's a lot of people who have a trouble getting out of their own head. Yeah. So like I don't know if you've I don't know if your mom is like this or your sisters, but like I can go to the store and I know exactly what my sister will buy. I know exactly what my mom will buy if they have unlimited money. I know exactly what I'll buy, obviously. But like my mom goes to the store and she only picks up stuff she likes and is like, "Don't you love this for you?" And I'm like, "No, I never <laughs> wear that." Or and my sister is really good at picking out like jewelry and stuff for me. Um, but like sometimes I'm like, this is more of a you shirt than a me shirt. See, but I totally I, agree with you because it took me years to try to explain to my family that I was not a hippie, that I did not like tie dyed clothing, and that I did not like <laughs> chunky wooden jewelry. And it's like, you know, why did they think that? Because you're like very granola in a lot of your the thing is energy. The thing is, I'm not. I'm low maintenance in my energy. Right. So. Everybody, and I always had my hair in this really floppy fro that look, made me look like I was a wild child, right? So everybody assumes if you're a wild child, oh. you must love hippy-dippy stuff and you must love chunky jewelry. Yeah, you're which, not a hippy-dippy handicraft kind of lady. So people would buy that stuff for me and I was lazy, so I'd wear it and it just perpetuated this cycle of, oh, she must oh, love no. that. Let's buy her more. And like, I don't know, it was probably like five years ago. It was almost Christmas time and I was just so... I had gotten so fed up with people buying me. I mean, something like the most ugly things I'd ever seen. Like my style is more kind of like a Audrey Hepburn tailored kind of look to things or whatever. Either that or a full zip up Or a full onesie. zip up onesie. <laughs> I only have two modes. <laughs> like a- I only have two homes. I, I <laughs> with a hoodie attached. Yeah, I only have two modes, which is like full homeless. Like just full, like got no, yeah. you know, I'm in a onesie. Or a day dress that I, I've been wearing the same polka dot dress like every day of quarantine, okay? And, or I know how to go to the Met Gala. Like, I only have two modes of dress. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, like, everybody always thought that's what I wanted. And I was so fed up with it. Before Christmas, I was like, I can't take getting another gift that's, like, one of these things. So I sat my sisters down and was like, guys, these are the things I like. These are the things I do not like. Please do not buy me these things, you know? And I told my mom the same thing. And then probably like a couple months later, she calls me and she's like, I sent you a package. I, I was at like Goodwill or some store and this these things just spoke to me. I looked at them and they screamed, Shawnee, Shawnee, <laughs> right? And boy, when I, I was so excited about this package and when it got there, it was like this, um, I don't know, this like Arabian looking wrap dress that was just completely not at all my style whatsoever Bridget I I put it on and I cried that's literally how I was like she doesn't know me like how does I was like how does she not know me and then she sent me this Indian style purse that had little mirrors um in the front of it that was one of the ugliest things I'd ever seen in my entire life I still I have a picture of it and I think I have a picture of me in the outfit looking so depressed because I I took a picture because I was like I just want I just want to mark this moment right here. And I had called my older sister and I was like, please look at this picture of me in this outfit. Mom said reminded her of me. I was like, this is 
terrible. And I pick out such good gifts for them. Like my sister still has every pair of jewelry, like earrings and jewelry that I ever bought her, every outfit I've ever bought her, she still wears to this day. So I know it's not like a fake, like, oh, I love this and not, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, am I the only one who pays attention? I see what they wear every day. I see that she loves studs. I see that she loves amethyst. I see that she loves this. So I get her the things that I know that she loves. No, it's not. It's not so much. I, I, I don't think it's that they don't pay attention. I think it's that they are allowing what they like to clout. Like, oh, I really like this. So I think she'll like it because we're, I like her. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a transference of they what they like or the images or the vibe that they like or maybe the vibe they would like. Like, oh, I think she would look really pretty in purple or something like that. It's not so much that they're like ignoring. It's it's more just like a willful, like I know better, but not in a bad yeah. way, or not in a on purpose bad yeah. way. I mean, it is not great, but not an on purpose way. Anywho, I already know what part of this book I think that you like the best, and it <laughs> is the lady whistle down society papers because I know yes! you've mentioned before that you love when there's society like gossip. Ab- scandal Abso- rags in a book. Absolutely, <laughs> I do. It's my favorite part of the entire book. First of all, every title of the chapter starts with Lady Whistledown, and she always gives this like funny like thing to something, like calling all the men sheep uh-huh. or co- you know. But it's always a witty little yeah. thing, and I think the writing is so good uh, when it comes to that, and it moves the story uh, along. It lets you get information in quick little bites without them like having to like you know, drag through all mm-hmm. this information. So yes, you are correct, Bridget. You know me. Okay. I'm just saying, you know me. You know me so well. <laughs> I knew you were gonna like it. I was like, this is sh- this is Shani's canon. I was so I assume that by the time we get through eight books of the series, not that we're doing them on the podcast, but in general, after one read eight books, you would find out who Lady Whistledown is. I actually at one point was thinking, is it Daphne? Because She's like at all these places and they were like, oh, well, the review of our family is favorable. Like, and yeah, so I was like, is it Daphne or like a sibling of Daphne? And I was like, what if it's a brother? And then we didn't find out. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is a future. So I think (laughs) I don't, I don't remember it very specifically, but I do think it's in one of the last books that you find out who it is. Um, But I don't want to tell you because like. uh, Don't tell me. Like. I don't know if I'll get through all eight of these books, but I'll okay, try. Well, I'll tell you off the since podcast, we're gonna, Since we're going to watch the show on Patreon. Which I'm so excited I for. Feel... I have to actually add that on Patreon because I'm very excited for us to watch this on Patreon. I think it's going to be super fun. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I... I would, I would, I would, I would come back to this family. I mean, this is like obviously kind of into the end of my review, but like I would, vi- I would revisit this family in a book. Honestly, historical, they get better historical too. is still not my favorite. I, I, I do feel like I, I was intrigued. I was like, oh, I would read Colin's book. I feel like his book would be fun. Um, I thought Hyacinth or however Hyacinth? you say her name is a little sister. She was hysterical. I was like, her book would probably be great when she grows up and comes of age. Um, the mom's funny and she's going to be in all the books. To me, the mom is actually... Um, I did... Like... The mom is well, great. The thing is, like, the mom, I actually... I tend to not like books where it's, like, much older, like, much older romances. But the mom, I would love to see have a romance because she's single. And she's so quirky. Yeah, she is. And, and such yeah. a great character that I, I'm i like, oh, I want her to have her, like, H-E-A, like, her happily oh my God. ever after. 
that scene where she's describing sex to her daughter was fucking hilarious. hilarious. Daphne's like, you did it eight times? (laughs) And she's like, well, more than... I mean, a little more than eight. And she was like blushing. And I was like, you, this is why people have teenage pregnancies. You people need to just tell them what is really going to yes. happen. Because Daphne didn't even know that like his ejaculations were what would make the baby yeah. uh, until much later in the book, obviously. And it's, yeah, I mean, the mom gave her like such a terrible it's so terrible description of sex. Such a t- so naive. So she just like sent her. I mean, thank God her husband ended up, you know, being careful with her and like, you know, it's like going easy and not like, you know, making her hate sex for the rest of her life because she had like no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> I know. I was like, how sad to like send her off with that little bit of information that she doesn't even know how to actually make a baby in her marriage, you know? And she's, yeah. They just assume everybody else is going to kind of tell you what's going on. Like, you know, and I yeah. love, I do love how she came in there like, okay, here's your talk. Insert no information. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I, know. I did. I really, so like, this is the scene where I was like, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit because I'm already married at this point. But when Daphne's like, we're not going to stop. It's our marriage. It's our wedding night. What do you mean we're not going to stop somewhere? <laughs> She's all like, bitch, I've been waiting for this wedding night. You better get it up in me. She's like, I don't know what you're getting in me. I don't know what's going to happen. But we're doing it. And he's just like, I love that he was like a little confused that she was so excited. And then he all of a sudden realizes like, oh, wait, you have no clue what's happening. And he's like, it's okay. I'm going to show I'm you. Like, and I was smolder, like, getting that smolder, deep voice out. Smolder. Getting that smolder out. <laughs> I like that scene. I like that scene about her, though, because I was like, that would be me. I would be like, okay, I was promised something on a wedding night, and I demand I get it immediately. I mean, I (laughs) think in general, that's what I liked about Daphne. You can definitely see how naive she is, but she's very much like she knows what she wants, and she's trying to get what she wants. And you see her really trying to figure shit out during this entire book, like what's the best way to do certain things. And you, you can kind of tell that she... You know, she's becoming a wife, but she's still trying to figure out what becoming a wife actually looks like and means. But she's away from her family. So she really only has like the housekeeper, you know, or whatever to talk to. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's this whole book is interesting. And I have like so many more thoughts. OK, so I thought Anthony was a butthead. What did you think? No, I love Anthony. <laughs> I love Anthony. I guess. Okay, because Bridget, you know, I come from a big family. Like my mom had five, but I grew up with nine. And so your older brothers and your older siblings are just like Anthony. Like they will fight everyone for you. Like even your old, my older sister, she will fight anyone. She's like a teddy bear. But if somebody like tries to bother you or whatever, they will bow up so quickly. They will get all up in your business. You, There's no privacy. I realized when I was an adult that it did not take me two hours to poop as a kid. I just used to sit on the toilet for two hours because that's the only place <laughs> I could be alone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so yeah. Anthony, I know because I was reading some of people's Goodreads and they're like, oh, come on, what's with Anthony? But I'm like, if you've come from a big family, that's how they are. <laughs> I So I was okay with him like, 
being very protective of her at the beginning and not wanting his friend to date her at the beginning. But once they explained that it was a fake relationship, I thought he was being an ass. See, I thought he was right when he was, he was like, you guys are nuts. You guys are freaking. I mean, I'm not saying they're not crazy, but like, I still think he could have like, he could have mitigated disaster if he had just like been in on it more instead of like pushing them, obviously. Yeah. And then I, I, in general, mostly probably because I don't read the genre very much, but like the dual thing felt very premature. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let me just set the scene. So they go into the guard. So they're standing on this balcony and they've now been fake dating for a hot minute and they're both starting to feel some lusty, wrong feelings for each other. And this is my one of my favorite quotes. Daphne says, um, or this is the quote. Daphne felt something wild and wicked take hold. Let's walk in the garden, she said softly. We can't. We must. We can't. And then she, like, walks seductively into the garden, and he follows her because he's like, well, someone else could come upon her, and so I have to protect her. And then, of course, they, like, make out. And he, like, pops that titty out, and I'm like, bro, you could have just kissed her. Fucking <laughs> sucking on her titty in the middle of the garden. Oh, I was like, that is too far, sir. You are in trouble. And then, of course, her brother finds them and then challenges them to a duel. And even though, like, no one else saw them, or at least saw enough that they could really say she was ruined yeah. and but anyways I I just felt like dueling was just like I since no one else saw them I feel like he could have just been like stay away from her and never talk to her again not like I'm gonna kill you in the morning I think, so I um, I but I also don't read Regency yeah. so maybe that's like a very normal okay, thing so I love a good duel I'm gonna say <laughs> I love a good duel um but I did feel like because nobody had seen them even like according to Anthony, nobody had seen them. So like I do mm-hmm. think that the dueling, especially his best friend, you know, was a bit much. And even when um, Colin came and told Daphne that okay, somebody might have seen them or saw her disappear into the garden, um, he was like, he won't say anything. He's you know he's a good bloke. He won't say anything. But then I felt like Daphne was manipulative in that moment because when she went to the dueling range, she kind of. I- implied yeah. a yeah, little she harder. she told him someone saw yeah, and I'm ruined. A little harder sure. than, no, you know, mm-hmm. than she needed to that, oh, someone saw them and that it was she was going to be exposed. Not like someone saw them, mm-hmm. but they probably won't say anything and, you know, whatever. So I feel like oh, yeah. she, she wanted to marry Simon. She wanted that to work out for her. And I feel like she was using that situation to, like, force his hand. However, oh, how... F- for sure. And also she was like, I don't want my brother to kill you right yeah. now. I don't. Because she was like, I know you're not going to shoot him. So I'm not. I'm willing to do anything to get you to survive. Exactly. And I feel like usually it's the guy who's willing to do anything. Um, but. But yeah, she 100% manipulated yeah. Simon. However, I sure. do feel like Simon, you know, is super not innocent in it because they, you know, he talks about uh, that this is going to be a fake relationship and he doesn't want to get married. And no matter what, he'll never marry anyone but he popped out her titty in a garden at a party i mean bruh yeah, like you don't want to get bed, married bro. don't pop that titty that's like you know what i'm saying yeah don't kiss her you know what i mean like maintain your distance yeah. it's not like she jumped him he like pulled her to him and like put his oh, hands they were, in her they hair was and both in ruined it. that hairstyle was, you know he ruined that hairstyle that took fucking hours for her to get up there yeah you can't get that once that shit's unraveled you can't, you can't put, put it back, back. In there. no it's you over. can't put your coiffure back <laughs> 
Yeah, you can't put that back. You know, so um, so I definitely feel like they were both very, it was very equal that they, you know, ended up in the situation of having to get married. Okay, talk to me about what you thought, because I have a lot of feelings, but what you thought, because he told her even right then, I won't, or I can't have any children. Okay, so this, I mean, I have so many thoughts about this, Bridget. So we're going to, you're going to have to like stop thoughts. me because we're going to have to go like back and forth on this, okay? Um, especially okay. because I'm still working out some thoughts in, in according to the book. Um, so okay. let's talk it out live, live talk, action yeah, on the podcast let's talk it live right, out, now. right Right now. Because I, okay, so one, he said to her, I can't have children and can't to me and won't is a lie. Are different. It's a lie. Okay. He lied. He lied. He lied. Straight up. Lied. There's no, it's no semantics. I can't have children and I won't have children is different. So she had the impression that he was unable to have children. And so when she went into it, she was like, oh, well, I love him so much. This is not his fault. Like, you know, I will support him in this. I guess we just, we won't have kids because he can't, you know? So the fact that when she finds out that he won't have kids, that she is, uh, what I call justifiably <laughs> enraged <laughs> makes perfect yep. sense to me because I think he took advantage of her naivete in that process. Um, he knew she didn't know enough to know what he meant. Yeah. And he even thinks about it in the, in the book. You hear him kind of uh, yeah. suss out that he knows that he's being a little bit on the line of shady there. Um, so Yeah, and he's finishing on the bed sheets instead of in mm-hmm. her because he knows he is fertile and she doesn't know what's happening because, again, no sex education. And so she doesn't find out so much later that he's doing that, which I also feel like is like a double betrayal because there's like the initial lie. Completely agree with you, Bush League. And then there's the second one, which is like you feel like an idiot yeah. because – the housekeeper says something about, oh, a baby won't take without strong seed. And then she's sitting there in front of this lady she hardly knows, and her mind is putting together, oh, seed, he's spilling it all over the bed, which means he can't put it in me, which means he's worried that something will happen. Wait a minute. So now you feel like an idiot that you didn't know. So it's like not only did he lie to you, but he made her feel he made her feel stupid, yeah. and that is so brutal. That is, <laughs> I mean, like I thought about it. He's wrong. He's wrong for that, Shani. He, he was first wrong of all, for Bridget, that. Well, he's he's absolutely so wrong for that. I just, as you were saying that, like I remember sitting at a table with my cousin like a really long time ago, and there was a girl at the table who looked super familiar to me. Right. I didn't know why, but she just did. Um, and I have a weird thing where I fixate on people's mouths when they're speaking. Um, and so I kept like looking at her. I'm like, I know her mouth. Like I know her mouth. And, um, (laughs) and so at a certain point I asked her, I was like, Hey, did we go to like middle school together or something like, uh, you know? Um, and then my cousin and her just kind of laughed a little bit like, haha, like this kind of inside laugh. And I was sitting there like, um, okay. Like, so is that like a no or what? And they wouldn't say anything. And I was just like, well, I, you just look really familiar. And I just, you know, wanted to find that out. But I remember in that moment feeling like so dumb and then they wouldn't explain to me. It turned out she was, I hate it that. Was, it was, it sucked. And it turned out she was an actress. Um, her name was uh, journey something or other from, uh, but she played journey. She Smollett, Smollett. Uh, journey Smollett. And she played in uh, Eve's Bayou. And when I was a little kid, 
I loved Eve's Bayou. And there was like a monologue in the movie that I would practice over and over and over again because I, I wanted to be an actress when I was young and I and I loved this monologue. So I'd say it over and over again and I remember her lips because that's what I fixate. That's what I fixated on when I was a kid. Um, and I don't know why at any point they didn't just say like, oh, I'm an actress. You probably just saw me on TV. I don't know why it was this like really long extended like giggle fest of like, uh, you know? So like when, yeah. and I remember like, like why would you make someone feel stupid? It doesn't feel good to make someone feel stupid in that moment. And that's like, when you said that, I was like, that's exactly like the, the rage feeling I felt then. It's like her being like, you knew I was an idiot. You knew, like you mm -hmm. knew, I told you I didn't know anything about this and you didn't fill me in on the mm -hmm. fact that you were pulling out and not putting the seed in for it to happen. And I felt like that was super manipulative. It was a straight up lie yeah. and he was a straight up douche yeah. for doing it. I think her reaction of like moving into her own bedroom and being like, I'm sorry, like I'm still your wife. I'm not going to like leave the house, but if you're going to treat me like someone who isn't your like love and partner, like why, and you're not going to give me a child, like why would we sleep together then? Because you lied about all of this. So like, I don't see the yeah. point now. Or like, or even just like, I need some time away from you. Yeah. And he's like, all man gets drunk and like breaks down her door and like comes in in the middle of the night. And then what happens next, Shawnee, is interesting. It is interesting. Because we read, so as I was get, finding my favorite review for this, Shani was like watching my face as I was scanning through Goodreads. And there are a lot of one star or two star reviews for this book, which I think is very unwarranted. And the reason is because he, they fall asleep together and he's drunk. And then a few hours later or whatever, uh, they start, you know, kissing and fooling around and she hops on top and they, and he's like, I need you. And so they start having sex and she also, even though she's mad at him, misses him and loves him. So anyway, so they're having sex. And at some point while having sex, she realizes in her mind that he is too drunk to pull out. And that if she she can make this choice and have, have the baby that she wants, possibly. Um, and she basically decides to not let him spill his seed on the side. And he's hammered and she's on top. Yeah. And he doesn't realize until like the last minute, oh, wait, I shouldn't be doing this. I And the whole time. So it's interesting because this is why it's interesting to me. First of all, she's wrong for that. <laughs> I just want to get, okay, I want to yes. like get that right out of the way. Spell, okay. I'm not saying. Go ahead. She's just wrong for that. You shouldn't steal people's semen. <laughs> Stop. Secondly, I can't right now. <laughs> Can you first of all? Can Second. you just say that one more time? <laughs> say it one more time. You you can't steal people's semen. Okay, <laughs> you just can't. It's wrong. Okay, but <laughs> a lot of people were saying that she raped him, which I think is really interesting because he did not get raped because he was saying yes, I want you. Yes, I need you. Yes, let's have sex. Yes, let's. So it's interesting because is it rape to steal his semen or is it okay i don't so I, I, would you consider i don't know okay. i like don't because like okay Let's, if i'm a woman i'm like trying to reverse it in my mind if i'm a woman yes. and i'm having sex with a guy and i'm like yes i want you yes let's get down yes i'm loving this and i knew and he knew i didn't want to have a baby but he finished inside I don't think I would say that he raped me. I think I would say that he betrayed me, betrayed my yes. trust. Yeah. 
and impregnated me, perhaps. But I don't think that I would say he raped well, me because he okay, didn't. Okay, so this is— I don't know, okay. though. I don't know, though. I've never and obviously been why, in that situation. And that's why I couldn't wait to talk about this because I don't I don't necessarily know that I've come to, like, a definitive, like, this is this. But I do know, like, I wanted to, like, muse out loud with you about this, right? So Yeah. So um, there's a couple of things that are happening here that are so nuanced that it, it doesn't make me want to call it rape, right? So— one, um, you know how you say super when things are supernatural, it allows for there to be more forgiveness in your partners. Sure. Well, the same sure. thing is happening sure. for historicals, right? Because the rules were different. When you married somebody, you guys were assumed to be property of each other. Um, you were basically meant to propagate. You were meant to have sex. There's so many um, historicals that you read where the wedding night, both of them are kind of reluctant, but it needs to happen because they got to put the sheet outside the door. Do you know what I mean? So... To me, um, the the setting actually kind of changes the parameters. So a lot of people are coming mm-hmm. at this from, you know, their social justice like soapbox, but there's still there's some things to me in here that kind of like don't quite add up for me calling it rape. Right. So um he was uh when they when they initially he was drunk and initially this happens after like later on a while later, and she kind of noticed that it was like, well, he still might be a little bit like inebriated. Or whatever. Um, but they had started fooling around. He's very much into it. She's very much into it. It's her husband. She she has um she's really ignorant. Um, she has no reason to believe that she can't have sex with her husband in this moment. He's not fighting her on this, you know, or or no, whatever. No, he's in fact encouraging and taking off her exactly, clothes. Exactly, you know, and and it that's very much what was done at that time. And so I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, well, is it still okay? Because that's how it was done at that time. Um, and then I'm thinking like, okay, um, what if it were reversed? If she was like, no, I want to control my fertility. Um, and he was like, no, you're going to have a baby. Well, there is a gender difference here, right? Because her taking semen from him doesn't force his body to go through a trauma. Him forcibly putting his semen in her does cause her body to go through a trauma. So I think inherently those are different. Like the difference between making mm-hmm. a woman give birth to a baby versus stealing semen from a guy is not equitable. And I don't care what anybody says. It's just, it's not the same thing. Um, I do think that was a violation and a betrayal hands down. Like, but I don't, that's what I think. I I think it was a violation. I think it was a betrayal. I don't think it was rape because he wanted to have sex with her Yeah, and he was all about it all on board. He was even on board right until the last moment. And then he was like, Oh no, like you should have controlled this. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I no. even went through the chapter again. So in the audio, it's chapter 19. And I wrote down like a kind of a breakdown of what was happening so that I could try to uh-huh. see what, like how it, kind of how it happened. So um, Daphne realizes that uh, they start playing around. Daphne realizes that he's kind of um, in a stupor because he's not fully awake um, and he's not fully sober. And she realizes that she gets to control like he's into her and he she sees that he's aroused, but she gets to control and be on top. And so she actually kind of likes the power of this or whatever. So mm-hmm. she started with a hand job um, while he was kind of in that stupor. And then he woke and then he wakes up um, and then he starts talking to her and he's like, oh, that feels so goddamn good. Um, and she's like, hey, just let me control everything. And so she's playing with him. And then he's like, Daphne, I need you. Like, I need you now. And then she gets on top of him and rides him. And then he's getting close to coming. And he's like, more now. Um, And then when he tries to pull out, when he's coming, she clamps down on him and doesn't let him release 
uh, his seed like on the bed. Um, and then and right. then it goes into his head and he says he felt helpless um, to be able to like control that situation. He was too far gone to be able to change that outcome. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like everything leading up to that last line. Like if you were to if you were to think of it in a real technical sense, he revoked consent at this last line, like where he's trying to get out of her situation well, or whatever. Yeah. But I think and he, didn't, that he is, didn't say ahead of time. He didn't say at any point like. This feels great. I'm getting it. I just don't want to have a baby still. Or yeah. But like, I always, I just think that, that the space of time that's happening in this last line was just not enough time to actively kind of revoke consent so and I make agree. something stop to say. I agree. Except for rape. I agree for rape. It's not yeah. right. I am with you. I do think in her mind, she knows this is wrong. Yes. As it's Absolutely. happening. Absolutely. And knows that she's violating his trust, mm-hmm. but does it anyways. Yep. And that for me is why, not why it's rape, but why it's wrong and she betrays him. What I wonder in this book is he is a duke and has many, many castles and houses and whatnot. And like, it almost feels insane that he won't let her give her a baby and then just like not be with her in it. Yeah. Because there's plenty of people who spent years, months and years away from their kids and or their like wife raised all the kids at the country estate and they never saw them. Well, I think and but I get he doesn't want to have an heir. He doesn't want to give his father stick it, stick it to his dead dad, which is stupid. But um, anyways, yeah, it was wrong. It's it was wrong. I don't think it makes the book a one star or two star read, but no, she definitely violates and everybody on Goodreads, I really, I really looked at everybody's argument when they were saying like, okay, this is sexual assault, and I, I think there's too many nuances to really call it sexual assault. I know like on paper, it's like you know the way people are kind of making it seem like on paper it reads like sexual assault, but I think that there's just too much little gray. Um, mm-hmm. However, a lot of people are reversing the scenario and they're going, um, they're saying like, okay, I'm a woman who went through a lot of trauma. Um, and so because of that, I want to control my fertility and not have a baby when I don't want to. However, I, that argument doesn't hold up for me because he never tells her at any point in the beginning when they first gotten married what trauma he went through and why he doesn't want to have a child. She doesn't know that he doesn't want to have a child based on any sort of mitigating factors. She just knows that he cannot have one physically, like his body doesn't work to have a child. So you can't lay it at her feet that he's— that, um, that he expressed his need and his deep, you know, um, his deep need not to have a child because of trauma. He never told her that. So if yeah. you don't, and she just, yeah, and she just found out, like literally that, essentially that, yeah, the morning before, within like twenty four hours of that, this whole incident, that he was lying to her, didn't want to have children with her. Not that he couldn't, but he did. He just wouldn't. Yeah. And so to me, I don't. But not. I don't again, think it's the equivalent yeah, of of a woman saying no. like I went through all this trauma. No, because he just never. There was no communication. This is like a. This is like something that happened that shouldn't have happened, um, because there was no communication. And you can see even in this book mm-hmm. the way her mom tries to talk to her about sex. That 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 talking about uncomfortable subjects is not kind of a thing that was done back then. There was a lot that was glossed over and put under the rug mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I think if he had expressed to her his trauma and why he didn't want to have kids, then they could have been having conversations. And that Did he even tell her at this point no. that he had a stutter as a kid? Uh, she yeah. found out that he had a stutter 
I think, before this part, but she never told him. He told her about the stutter later oh, okay. on. He's like, "Did you do you know?" And she's like, "Yeah, well, I know, and that, you know, whatever." But she knew about that. Oh yeah, she found out from the housekeeper. Yeah, but right. she never said anything. But he kept catching her looking at his mouth or whatever <laughs> at some point. Yeah, which is funny because he kept, she kept looking at his mouth, and he was like, "Does she know I have a stutter?" And the thing is, when people look at my mouth, I assume they want to fuck it. I assume they. Me too. I'm like, Ooh, Me they too. Want this. I'm like, they want to you know? kiss this mouth. They want to put a penis in this mouth. For yeah. Sure. So, so yeah. I actually thought, yeah. like, I was like, maybe it may, maybe has a trigger from people looking at his mouth, but I would have been like, hey, she want it right now. Let me just get her warmed she up. Want it? I'm gonna get you know it saying? to her. Give it to her. So, so uh, yes, I did not think that the one stars and and the funny thing is like on Goodreads, a lot of people love the book except that one part. A lot of people are like, what a fantastic book that you ruined with rape. You know, and I was like one star and I was just like, no, this is a real I like this book. It it has this in it, but it doesn't to me make it a one star book like whatsoever. I agree. So I agree. Um, What I didn't like about his character, and you know, I hate when people just like abandon other people for months at a time. Yep. So basically she thinks she might be pregnant. She goes back to their London house and is waiting and. She miscarries at like let's say eight weeks or something like that, um, Which, but he doesn't. But know they that. don't. But and, actually, just real quick, they don't say that she miscarries. She doesn't know that she miscarries. She, she just misses, knows that she didn't have her period she, and then she got her period. Right, but she didn't have her period for like more than a month, which is true, and a half. So she miscarried. I assumed the same thing that she miscarried, but but the I assumed she she had to have yeah. because it wasn't like she was a week late. He was gone. He, they didn't see each other for two full months. And she said she was over a month late. Yeah. And then she got her period. So I'm assuming that she miscarried or very early in the pregnancy, obviously. Because um, she says that month was the happiest month I've ever had or something like yeah. that. Like where she thought she was pregnant. Anyways. But they do. You're right. They don't call it out. But anyway, so he like is like i'm going to my other states meh, meh, meh. and she's like i'm going to go back to london be by my family and she goes to his house cuz they're married and then later when he finally goes back to find her after her brother goes which i hate when that happens yeah. it's like someone has to go tell you to stop being an idiot and he goes back and he goes to her house and her butler's like her parents butler's like uh she's not here obviously she's at your house <laughs> cuz she's your wife and he's like very secure in your position aren't you and the butler's like Yo, yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, snaps, get him, get him. <laughs> um, but anyway, she's there waiting and, um, or actually she's riding a horse and then he freaks out and then, you know, she falls off the horse and he's like, what about the baby? And she's like, there is no baby, fuck you. Um, but I don't know. I just in general don't love when that happens. And I, but I do feel like that's probably a big thing that happens in historicals because, um, like all the books are written about these people who are very wealthy and have multiple homes. And also um, at the time, it's not like you could text someone. So like in a contemporary romance, if someone just disappeared for four months, like this is this bitch moved on. Yeah. She has found someone else. <laughs> she is under another man. I am sorry. It is over. Um, but in this circumstance, they're already married and there is no divorce and um I don't know. I just don't love it when that happens, but I can respect the genre and the fact that that was probably a much more normal thing. Yeah, it, well, I think in those days, even when I'm thinking of like Beverly Jenkins that we 
did before when he disappeared. I mean, they still had ways of communicating, like um, yeah, like writing. In the other one, they had they they had telegraph in in Beverly Jenkins one. Like if he and they he had enough money, but that was much later. Yeah, that was much later. Um, it's early because that was the eighteen eighties. Yeah, and this is the seventeen hundred. Yeah, so. In this one, they he's still very rich. He still has the ability to send a, very a missive, <laughs> like a missive to her, yeah. you know, just to like yeah. update her. You know, if your husband is staying late at work, they will text you that they're staying late at work. If so, if you're staying yeah. an extra fortnight, you can send a missive to let your partner know that you're staying yeah. an extra fortnight. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I thought it. Was, I thought it was a little bush league that he was like when Anthony gets there, he's like. Well, this whole time, I thought she would have sent me a message. And I'm like, you petty-ass petty bitch. Petty-ass bitch, <laughs> man. Petty-ass <laughs> bitch. Pap. <laughs> yeah, Pap. Hi, Pap. <laughs> yeah, I, but Hilarious. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I did like that she didn't stay at the place. She moved back to the city, though, to be near her family. Um, that was like mm-hmm. a point in her favor for me because that's what I really disliked me about too. the other one. Um, about the Beverly Jenkins book is that the main um, girl, she she stayed. Like, she was this tough person, and mm-hmm. then she just kind of put up with some bullshit. And I felt like Daphne was still trying to be, like, a wife, and I like that she stayed at his house, which is also her house now, yep. Um, yep. Near, but near her family. She wasn't like, I'm gonna not going to rusticate in the country waiting for you to figure out your shit. I'm, like, going to go be near my family, which is exactly what I would do, which is exactly what That's I've what done in do. the past, where I've been like, no, my sister's in California, so you know what? I'm getting up and just moving across country so I can be near my sister. Um, yeah. You know, so... I, I thought it was funny when her three brothers come to the house, and she's like, get out of my house. Yeah. Like... This is my husband. You guys need to get the fuck out. And they're like, how dare you? We're here to stand up for you. And she's like, I don't need you to stand up for me. This is my husband. This is my house. Get out. And then the mom comes and drags them out. And she's like, I am so embarrassed by you guys. I cannot believe you came here to do this. <laughs> which is like, oh my God. which Bridget is like such a, so good. such a real, it's so such good. a real moment. Like, I mean, I loved that. I loved yeah, that part. Like that, I thought the happily ever after Honestly, I thought the happily after after was okay. Like, I I mean, I was happy they got back together, but I thought her family's reaction to it was great and made me want to read the next book. Not because I'll read more about these two, but because I get like more more of the Bridgerton. Well, these uh, these books get better as they go along. It's kind of like the Black Dagger Brotherhood, where book one is like the setup, you know. So so it's just all right. Um, But as the story goes on, it really lets you get involved with all the characters. Um, I. I definitely thought, like, though, that that dynamic when she's telling her brothers, like, I'm not a child and you like, you yeah. can't just give me a noogie and like, you know, whatever anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown woman. This is my house and you have to leave it. It's like a real boundary setting moment that I think everybody with uh, invasive family goes through. And and it oh, is yeah. really difficult. I remember the like the moment I realized my sister had a whole husband that I was like, oh, like you and him are like family now. Like mm-hmm. you like. You have to do things with him and you have to consult him. Like, what? Like, I was not about that life, Bridget. Yes. IPS love that you call husbands whole husbands. <laughs> you say that about Leo all the time. Well, you have a whole husband. I'm like, as opposed to a quarter of one. I love that. I think it's so funny. I do have a whole husband and I have to take care of his whole heart and his whole life and his whole body. Oh my God. So cute. Okay. Tell me what you thought about. Um, 
the fact that they never opened the dad's letters after making such a big deal out of it. I was annoyed. I was like, the fuck's in these letters? Why did they mention it 20 times if it doesn't even matter? Oh, okay. So th- this is where um, your story and my story differ, right? So I had, um, so Julia Quinn, so all of the fans were writing Julia Quinn about wanting updates about these characters. So on her website, she wrote second epilogues for all the characters. And in the second epilogue, da- I read, I read this up. Oh, you did. Okay. So then Daphne. Yeah, but it's not in the book. Huh? It's not in the book. No, though. no, no. They put it in my book. They didn't put it in your book. So. No, I mean, it is, it's in the book, but I'm saying it's not in the book. Oh, okay. It's a second epilogue. Okay. It's not yes, in the get, book. It's not I, a part okay. of the story. Okay. So I was unsure if they were going to put it in your book, but, um, it's in mine, but I did think that was dumb because I was like, I thought for sure those letters were going to come out later. Otherwise, there's no there was no real purpose for them being in the story to me at whatsoever. Yeah. Like, it, it just... Like, I would have preferred that... Because what happens in the second epilogue is you find out that it's just nonsense, like, about the land, and he's just writing updates about their dukedom. Yeah. And that's it. There's nothing personal in them. But I would have rather him have, like, he's been, like, angsting over these, thinking his dad has been, like writing some apology and he's not going to forgive him. And then like, I would have rather had him just read them and be like, Oh, like whatever. Fuck this fool. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like I care more about her than I care about like getting revenge. He was just a like petty, sad little man. And now <laughs> I have this great wife. I don't know. I, I thought it was weird that we didn't get to I find mean, out the answer. In all honesty, like, well, we found out that in the second epilogue, we find out that what the letters are. And he is just writing about the estates and stuff like that. But I kind of took mm-hmm. it differently. Like in the book, they made it seem like such a non, like, you know, non thing. Like he's writing about the estate. And so they end up throwing the letters in the fire and moving on and, and that's it. But I kind of took it as his dad wanting to try to connect with him, but not being like have, sure. having so much of an ego that he couldn't say like, I'm sorry. I, I felt like he, he was sure. saying more in those letters like, oh, I trust that you could rent our estate. I feel like you've become, you know, the man I wanted you to be or whatever. And so that's why I'm giving you this or information. I'm, tr- I'm trying to like teach you about our yeah, land. Yeah, but he, the dad wasn't going to go back and try to apologize or try to be humble about it. Right. You know, so that's kind of how right. I took those letters. But I do feel what you're saying. Like, I don't think they were important to the book at all. They could have almost not existed whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. They got together. Let's take a break, Shani. Let's take a quick break before we do our readings. Okay. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, Bridget, what is your heroine rating? How did you feel about her? What did she do for you? I gave her a four. I thought she was very solid. I liked her. I I mean, she was desperate enough to steal his seed, which was very not okay. She lost the whole point. Um, but aside from that, I really liked her. I thought she had a lot of pluck. She had quips. She loved her family. She brought out the joy in him. I thought she had some gumption. Um, yeah, I liked her. I just generally, I, re- I really liked her. I gave her a four. I thought she was, thought she was All good. right. So I feel the same way. Like, exactly what you said. Um, I gave her a four, um, but I actually wasn't super mad at her for, like, stealing his seed, right? So, yes, I do feel like it was a betrayal. <laughs> I think it was fucked up. 
But I think that, like, one, she was young and naive, and two, she was going to get that baby. And she was like, well, shoot. You, She's going to get that baby. You ain't going to give me that baby. I'm going to get that baby. And I kind of like the gumption it takes to be like, nah, nigga, you can't pull out. <laughs> she like, he, he talks about her little hands clamping around his leg. I know. And I was just like, come on. I feel like I, like I would have, like, gone into, on, like, a hot stable boy or something. But, like, you don't want to. I'm going to have a baby and you can't and, deny it's yeah. yours because then you're going to look like an idiot. So Honestly. I'm about to go. Fuck all these like, other that's dudes a, if you're that's not going to That's a great compromise right there. Let me tell you right now. Yeah. But like, so even though like I do feel like, and I don't condone, you know, in real life people doing this, um, but I no. do kind of like the underlying goomp, whatever that is, oomph, behind yeah. her being like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm like. The hut, hutzpah. hutzpah. There you go. <laughs> the hutzpah. The underlying hutzpah. It takes, uh, it took yep. for her to be like, nah, this is happening. Um. So, uh, but yeah, I gave her a four. I felt like there's some things that kind of like irked me, but she was, she was good. She was, she was solid for. All right, Bridget, what did you feel about our hero? I gave him a three and I know we only give whole ratings and I was waffling a little bit between a three and a four. And I'm going to tell you why I landed on a three because he did a little bit too much fuckery for me. He's a pab. Too many times. <laughs> I don't like when people are just outright lying constantly. Mm-hmm. I think it's annoying. Um, again, obviously don't like when you're just like straight up leaving your spouse. I think you need to like work through some shit. Like live in another bedroom maybe, but like going to a country estate is pretty fucking rude. Um, and I didn't like, I feel like the fact that when he went there, like he didn't even know her well enough to know she would still be at his house because she's his wife and that's important to her. And like, she would never disrespect him and make him look like a fool. Um, That's why I landed in three land instead of four land. I am with you because I had the same waffle between three and four. Cause I felt they, I felt a bit like they were the same amount of stupid. Um, for for a while, but hers hers was just on accident for the most part, and his was on yeah. purpose. Honestly, <laughs> that's that's where it came to. It was like they're both the same amount of stupid and both the same amount of kind of um, stubborn. But I felt like she was coming from being naive, and he was coming from his own self righteous whatever. Um, but he very right. much knew in the beginning that he was taking advantage of her. And he keeps saying like, oh, well, I didn't want to get married. So you you knew I didn't want to get married. But I was like, you shouldn't have put your t- her titty in your mouth. If you didn't want to get married, this is the time. This is the day. Shouldn't have even kissed this her. This is quite literally the time where if you were alone in a room with a girl, you were going to have to marry her if anyone found you. You didn't. You could have been across the room. Okay. So yep. the fact of the matter is, as soon as you did that, you put yourself in the realm of having to get married to her. And that's not, that's yep. not her fault. So... Yep. Like him being like, oh, I didn't want to get, you knew I didn't want to get married. So that's why I couldn't, ha- I couldn't have kids. And I tried not to marry you. I was like, you didn't try hard enough, sir. And then you, you lied to her about it, on. you know, and no. you took advantage. You knew she didn't know anything about it. And you were not going to ever tell her. He was not going to ever tell her. If she never asked him I know. and confronted him, he would have never said anything. And so he lost the whole point right there for me. So that's why yep. he was a three. I was yep. like, no, no pabs, Bridget. No pabs. No pabs. <laughs> so obviously the sex was very vanilla. Um, I'm going to tell you my favorite line. Jenny. Okay, tell me your favorite line. I think you'll understand that this is one of my favorite lines just because of who I am. 
So this is the mom saying, and if you say that's because you lot barged into her home like a herd of mentally deficient sheep, I am disowning all three of you. <laughs> Just drag as she's like dragging her sons out of the house. I fucking love that. Like, I think the turns of phrase are really like mentally deficient sheep. Like, there's a lot of really funny. Um, there's really good writing. I really like the really writing, good writing. So. That's fan. That's why I'm not willing to throw this baby out with the bathwater. Uh, no, at all. No, no, no. Um, okay, so my favorite line. I read one earlier, which was her telling him how cute he was when he tried to flirt. Uh, and the other one is a classic line. It is. Um, it was so sad, but uh, Daphne says, "I've always known that I wasn't the sort of woman men dreamed of, but I never thought anyone would prefer death to marriage with me." And I was like, "Yeah, that was a good." One. It was good. It was also her little like. Uh, started for a little manipulation to get him uh, to get him to the altar as well. I was like, Daphne wasn't stupid. She wanted to marry him and she she wanted to marry him. She Even if there was no duel, I still think she wanted to marry him. And for sure. she wanted to marry a man who didn't want to get married. And I think when you do that, you're going to get those kind of complications. It's like the girls who get mm-hmm. knocked up because their guy wants to break up. You know what I mean? It's like, you think like, oh, now you're going to have some magical relationship. I was like, this, he didn't want to be married. He didn't want to have yeah. children. So you're starting from that deficit. And I think that um, that's kind of part of what happened in this story. Even though they had some good sex scenes, even though it was vanilla, like, um, yeah. I did enjoy. There was like well, four of them in there. Pretty, pretty good yeah, sex scenes. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. I have one more funny one. Hyacinth says, but Hyacinth Bridgerton, who at 10 should have known the least about the kisses of anyone, just blinked thoughtfully and said, I think it's nice. If they're laughing now, they're probably laughing forever. And that was about their wedding because when they kissed at the altar, they were laughing as they kissed. And I think that's true because I think happiness is and and being able to laugh with your partner is undervalued. Yeah, you are. Um, you are very correct. And I married my husband because of that, and it's serving <laughs> us very well. It's serving us very well so far. Okay, so, okay. Quick, quickest tangent, I promise. So I always say that the fan- Shani, stop the tangent. I got a tangent, okay? We may, I might cut <laughs> this out. I might not. Okay, so uh, I always say that at a wedding, the sand ceremony tells tells you if that couple is going to stay together or going to get divorced. I don't know why people even do sand ceremonies. Stop it. Everyone just stop it. But doing what ceremony? Sand ceremonies. It's where you have... He, oh my he God. Has like, I, yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, he yeah, has yeah, like yeah. blue okay, sand. She has like pink yeah, sand. Yeah, yeah. And they pour it into yep. a, a, a chalice, if you guys don't know what that is. Like, yeah. And whatever. And yep. you put that up on your mantle somewhere. And it's your sand is combined. Yep. You shall never be apart, right? I feel like if you get divorced, mm-hmm. you should be forced to pick apart every piece of that sand. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody does this. And I, um, everybody handles it differently. The sand never goes into the chalice thing smoothly never does it happen no. never have i seen it but how i realize that how the couples handle this is really indicative of their relationship so my a friend of mine got married i did not necessarily think she should marry this guy he was very overbearing when they did the sand ceremony she very gently poured her sand in. he dumped all of his in at one time so it was this big clump of <laughs> big clump of blue and like these tiny little speckles of pink and i was like yep Yep, that's what your marriage is going to look like. Shani, can I tell you a story about how that exact same thing happened at my friend's <laughs> wedding? They are supposed to mix their colors together, and he dumped all of hers in and his in one go. So it's all his color and then all her color. No mixing at all. And she's like, what are you doing? And he just kind of, he just kind of like shrugged and was like, whatever. Wait, yeah. Like, 
And it was windy, so like she was pouring slow, so some of hers was like blowing away, <laughs> but his just went all in because he dumped yeah. it. That is hilarious. Okay, so, yeah, that happened so just, exactly. So just watch. See what happens with them, all right? I've seen ones where the wind has completely scattered all of the sand all over the place and whatever, and they could not recover as a couple. But I saw one recently that I actually applauded because— they thought they'd do a sand ceremony and be special because they were kind of these weird dorky people, and I loved it. Um, he ground up some sort of weird metal, and she works with jewelry, so she ground up some weird crystal something or whatever. And they were pouring it in, but they had a very tiny chalice, and their materials were very fine, right? So when they started pouring it into the funnel, it kind of combined, and one was a little bit kind of magnetic, kind of stuck. and it clogged up the funnel. So he's trying to, like, jam the funnel <laughs> with like a key or something to get it to move down and, and tap it and whatever. But in this moment, the teamwork between them, like without them, without talking, she, she took the chalice from him and held it so that he could take the key and move everything down. Um, and they never spoke about it. They just effortlessly did this. And I was like, see that right there, that's a good marriage. This ceremony What's happening right now, them working as a team, this is a good sand ceremony. <laughs> I think really the sand yeah. ceremony is a test. It's like a, it's like the test of marriage. That's so versus funny. Being- we did not do one. Because I was like, first of all, I was in a Catholic church and they would not have let us. And secondly, I was just like, we don't need to do that. That seems unnecessary. I mean, it is so unnecessary. Yeah. Also, we it. did as, like, we got married to Catholic church, but we did as, because you got to, you can only choose certain readings and certain things. You have to, like, stay within the boundaries of of a Catholic wedding. But you can choose your own intro music and your own outro music. So what after we got married and they pronounced us husband and wife, and our priest was super cool and he said that we're Batman and um Wonder uh, Woman? No, what no, uh what did he say? Um Captain America and Batgirl or something like that. And um but then the um the ominous music from Star Trek, dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> on on a string court on a string quartet started playing, and that's what played us down the aisle. It was amazing. That's amazing. So fun. That's really amazing. Our wedding was a good time. Okay, so Bridget, what was your favorite review? Okay, so there were a lot of people who were like five stars. This is the best book I've ever read, or one star. I can't believe that happened. This book is unreadable, which I don't think either of those are true. But I did think that this was just a funny review. I don't know that it reflects my <laughs> views. I just like it. So this is from Stacia, the 2010 Club. She rated it three stars, and um, she starts out with some quotes, but I'll skip it. And she says, "Please let there be a duel. Please let there be a duel." One sec, flipping the page. Damn it, no, duel. <laughs> 3.5 stars. I would have definitely gone for a solid four stars had there been a duel. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. <laughs> Bridget, why did we pick the same one? <laughs> you did not pick that one. I picked the one. same one. That's amazing. Don't pick a new one. I think we're going to just give you a shout out. Stasia, your review gave me life. I thought it was fucking hysterical. Um, yeah, I just loved it. Like... She's like, there are more brothers in this family. It wouldn't have been a big deal if one of them, to off one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. So bloodthirsty. Anyhow, what did you think? What was your review? What would you give it? How many stars? Um, I honestly, I'm going to round up because it was a 3.5 for me. So I'm going to say four. I feel like the book for me is a four. It didn't, I won't say that it held up to my initial reads um, the first time around. 
However, it's still held up as a good solid book for me. Um, and I do recommend it, especially because the later books to come are also really good. So I'm like, just just take it as part of the series. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the fence. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's partially because I am not into historicals. Like, I feel like if I liked historicals, it would be an easy four. But I feel like because I'm not used to reading historicals as much, I'm like... There were some things that I think if I was used to historicals would be like kind of like my paranormal. I can forgive anything because this is historical and I wouldn't be questioning it as much. So maybe like later in the season, you guys are going to see my reviews go up and up because I'm going to be like more used to the tropes and the way that they get used. Uh, I don't know. I was in between a three and a four. Hmm. I did really like her, though. So I'm going to go four because I really liked Daphne. Like I enjoyed reading about her. Enjoyed the family quite a bit. I thought he was a little bit of a dummy, but uh, especially towards the end. But, um, and I didn't love his, I didn't love, so usually there is some sort of catalyst for someone changing their mind. And in this, I didn't feel like there was a catalyst for him changing his mind about children uh, and about, like, letting his anger towards his dad go. Like, I didn't feel that was an urn. So, like, I thought the letters were going to be the catalyst. Yeah. That would have been an, that would have made sense to me. Like, he read the letters. Either he realized his dad was trying to forgive him or he realized his dad was just a big douche, but he didn't care anymore. Um, and that didn't happen. Or the the catalyst could have been, like, oh, well, she miscarried. And then he felt really bad. He or like the moment he saw her on the horse galloping and he thought their kid was in in jeopardy, he realized, wait, I want that baby to survive. Like that could have been the catalyst. I, I kind of thought that was um, was like the first. But it was like a time. Really, I thought it was a small though. catalyst, and then I thought when she called him like a coward later on, that was like the yeah. But like calling someone a coward, I'm like, she called him a cat. Like she had already called him out. You know what I mean? Like she had already verbally called him out. So like I wanted, I wanted there to be like a more concise. Uh, reason for him to like open up and like you know yeah. change his mind, but um, but anyways, I- I'll give it a four. Okay, I was on. Oh. I was like you. I was on the fence, so, three to four. But I'm gonna give the it a reason because we don't do half stars. I have to just go whole ass into my ratings. So I'm gonna give yeah. It a like four. I'm always like I'm like oh man, this is like a half star. But I actually, um, more I think about it, the reason I I would say I'm a solid four is because. I always say if a book makes me laugh out loud while I'm reading it, then you like you get a point. When there's enough wit and, mm-hmm. and jokes where I'm li- literally yeah. sitting there listening and I'm like, <laughs> like audibly laughing. Yeah. And that happens in this book yeah. quite a few times, um, and which I just think is great because I'm in this book for the laughter and the fun of it all. I agree. Um, so I agree. There was a lot of fun. The The society papers were really fun. The family was really fun. Her repartee with the brothers. Um, even their repartee together had some really funny and cute moments I, as well. The one thing about historical, too, is that they find such flowery ways of saying savage-ass things. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> you're almost yeah, like, wait, do. did you just say what I think you said? <laughs> yeah, they do. I enjoy I enjoy that for sure. Yeah. Um, I, de- I definitely feel like I was... Uh, obviously we didn't like last week's book, but I am more excited to read the rest of the season after reading this book. Woo-hoo. 
Okay, I haven't disappointed you. And I'm yet. excited to see the show. I'm excited to see the show too because I would watch the shit out of the show. Like I can already tell, like if if the television is made well with this big group of family and everyone's, like you could have so many fun little moments and scenes if the pacing is right and the TV show like uh, is definitely a TV show that I would I would eat up for sure. Oh yeah. We're, oh show. Sure. We we about to we about to. We about to. All right. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Go ahead, Shawnee. All right, dear listeners, we're so happy you were here with us today. And we just want to say, may your books be your lover. And your hands your best friend. Yowzas! Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.